What's happening team? Welcome to the Type 1 Movement Podcast where I'm going to be sharing with you my tips, tricks and stories to help you lead the healthiest life possible as a Type 1 diabetic. I'm your host, Type 1 Tom. Just a quick disclaimer, any advice that I give will not overpower your medical professional, so please consult with them first if you're thinking of making any changes. Yes, team, welcome back to another episode of the Type 1 Movement Podcast. In this episode today, I'm going to be talking about four things I'd do if I was diagnosed all over again. But before we get into it, please leave me a rating and review on the podcast. Now. Right, I'm going to say this now. My my rating on the podcast, Apple Podcast, this is only for you guys who are using Apple, is like, I think it's 4.6 or 4.9 out of 5, and that's fucking with my OCD, man, big time. So if you listen to this on the podcast app, you're an Apple user, please go and give me five stars if you feel you get value from it. Like, if you think it's shit, then cool, totally understand that. I'm not going to be for everyone. But if you do get value, head over to the podcast app, give me five stars, even if you don't leave me a rating on there as it's really going to sort my OCD out and make me get up towards five stars. Because I think I put, put some pretty good content out, right? So that's my little ask. If you can do me a solid and go and do that, I will love you forever. Be very, very grateful of that. Also, whatever device or platform you're listening to it on, please give it a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at type one underscore Tom so I can reach out and say thank you very much. So I was sat here today and I was like, right... I've been thinking about doing this for a bit and I thought, what can I what can I talk about? I was like, well, what would I do if I was diagnosed all over again? And I don't don't get me wrong, yeah. I'm happy with how my journey as a type one since I mean I'm 35 now at the time recording this, got diagnosed at 21. I'm kind of happy with how it went, but I think when we look back in hindsight, there's always gonna be things that we thought we could have done differently, right? And even though it can't impact me now. Hopefully, I can impact someone who was just diagnosed or, hey, if you've had it a long time like myself or even longer, there's a few of you fucking Type 1 veterans out there, I think you're still going to get some value from this. So even though like, I'm kind of happy with how my journey's gone so far, there is things that I would have done different if I was diagnosed all over again, knowing what I know now. So hopefully, I can pass that on to you guys. And that's the reason that I wanted to do this episode. That's the reason I wanted to do this episode, yeah? So... We are going to dive straight into it, and I'm going to go through the four things. This first one is a big one. This first one is a big one, right? And it's, if I was diagnosed all over again, I wish I would have actually took the time to accept the condition. I'm going to say that again, because it's a big one, this. If I was diagnosed all over again, I wish I would have actually took the time to accept the condition and the change in my life. Because I don't think I did, and I hear this from so many type ones, like, let me get a blue heart in the comments if you're watching this on the live or the replay, if you can relate to this. Because I speak to a lot of type ones who haven't fully accepted it, yeah? And I kind of thought I did at the time, but I hadn't. And I think what I did, what I did when I was diagnosed, is because I didn't accept it fully, I kind of covered it up with trying to learn all I could about the condition, yeah, because I didn't accept it fully. I thought I had, but I didn't. I didn't deal with it. I didn't deal with this huge life-changing event that had happened. I just kind of thought, right, I'm going to learn everything I fucking can about type 1 diabetes. I'm going to manage it the best that I can. And that, in my mind, overpowered actually coming to terms with it and being accepting the condition. And I think we can relate to this, guys. Like, a lot of you guys, I bet you can definitely can relate to this. If we go through something challenging or difficult, sometimes we don't deal with it. We focus our attention 
on something else to take our mind off it. And then later in life, it can come back and kick us in the arse, which about a year into being diagnosed is exactly what happened to me when I hit my first bout of depression, yeah? So I wish, if I was diagnosed all over again, I wish I would have actually took the time to kind of relax and not throw myself straight into learning all I could about the condition. I'm going to boss this. I'm going to manage it the best I can. I wish I would have just took the time to sit down and accept it, yeah? Because that was a huge one for me. And it's like I say to all my clients, like, we need to accept something and have full awareness before we can even start to learn to manage it. And even though I did pretty well, year down the line, bang, it actually hit me when everything settled down a little bit of how my life had changed because I chilled out a bit and it was like, there, bang, you ain't dealt with this, Tom. And that's when it really did get to me and I hit my first bout of depression. So that's the main thing I want to stress on this. Like, I wish I would have just took the time to accept the condition. How do you accept it? Everyone deals with it differently. Everyone deals with it differently. Do you know what I mean? Like I did do a podcast on how to accept it and it's kind of like <laughs> kind of getting to terms with it and everyone will deal with it differently in their own way. Yeah, and some of these other three points are going to help you accept it as well. But that's the biggest one and that's something I hear from so many type ones. And I will say this, this is a big thing. If you're struggling to uh, like control your blood glucose levels, be honest with yourself and ask yourself, have I really accepted this condition that I now have? Because I told you for the first 12 months, even though I started to manage it pretty well, I didn't accept it. I didn't accept it. So that is the first thing. I wish I would have took the time to actually accept this life-changing condition because I thought I had and I hadn't. The second thing, the second thing is another, these are all fucking big ones to be fair, but I think the first one's very powerful and very relatable. The second thing that I wish I would have done if I was diagnosed all over again is, excuse me, actually talk to other type 1 diabetics. Gone out of my own way and talked to other type 1s. Now, like 14 years ago when I was diagnosed, it was challenging. There wasn't any Facebook community groups. There wasn't a lot of type 1 like social presence on Instagram and stuff. If you wanted to meet any other type 1s, it was probably from your hospital appointments and stuff when you was going in or your DSN or endo could put you in touch with someone that was a similar age to you or something. So there was nothing then, but I wish I would have tried a little bit harder to, you know, be more sociable and find other type 1 diabetics just so I could talk to them. Just so I could talk to them. Because I always say this to my clients, like the Facebook coaching group that we have for my clients, like it is, I love it in there because everyone's helping each other out. And this community, and I say this all the time, for us as type 1 diabetics, is so powerful and so important for a couple of reasons. Biggest one is you realizing you're not alone. And I will say this back to the first one, taking the time to accept it. If you feel you're struggling with acceptance, go and find a good community group, whether it's on the internet or in person, and speak to other type 1 diabetics, because that will really help you with the acceptance. And that could be a reason why I struggled to accept it for so long, because I didn't speak to any other type 1 diabetics, yeah? So that's a, the second thing I wish you, like, I'd do if I could, if I was diagnosed all over again, is I, I would have put more effort into finding other type 1 diabetics and actually having a conversation with them, Yeah. And like I say, it's very powerful because it makes you realize you're not alone. It could help you accept it. And the second thing is you can bounce ideas off each other. You can gain knowledge from speaking to another type 1 diabetic. Yeah. So that's the second thing. Third thing, third thing I wish I, well, would have done sooner if I was diagnosed all over again is exercise sooner. Now, look, from being 16 when I left, left secondary school, I fucking loved exercise. I was quite a short, chubby kid. And like I shot up, I'm now at six foot two and I lost a load of weight from the gym and then got into bodybuilding and stuff. So I loved exercise. But when I was diagnosed at 21, 
and I've done a full podcast episode on this. I didn't exercise for about four or five months. The reason being is I was diagnosed. I was like, right, this is what I've got to do. Let's do some research. Let's try these different tests. And eventually it worked and I started to have good glucose control, right? But then I was like, I've not been to the gym or exercised or anything for like four or five months. Fucking hell. And I was toying with the idea of doing it, but not because I'd achieved this control now that I was pretty happy with. And I thought if I go and add another variable in there or do something I'm unsure of, it might fuck everything up. So it took me like four or five months to get out of my own way. And even though like when I started doing it, it worked. I managed to figure stuff out. I wish I would have done it a bit sooner because I just kind of prolonged waiting to get the benefits that exercise can give us as a type 1 diabetic. We all know these increased insulin sensitivity. You know, mental mental health is a big one from exercise as well. Um, and just generally feeling better about ourselves. And then obviously looking better as well. Like there's so many benefits from exercise as a type 1 diabetic. And I wish I would have done it sooner. It happened the way it happened and I can't turn back time. But I'm saying this because if you are, say you're newly diagnosed or you've been diagnosed a while, you've been toying with the idea of exercise, but you're like, oh, it's a bit challenging. I might get lows, I might get highs. My advice is just go and do it. You will figure it out. And I've got so many podcast episodes to help you as well. There was nothing, there was no podcast, there was nothing to help me out when I was first diagnosed around exercise and managing my blood glucose levels. And that's why it took me so long because I wasn't sure. But eventually I was like, look, and I need to just throw myself in at the deep end and do it. And I remember my first workout, my blood sugar levels shot up to like 14, 15, which is way out of my range. And I was like, fuck here now. I wasn't sure what to do. But over time, I kept consistent. I took data and I actually figured it out. But I wish I would have done it sooner because I just prolonged that learning stage of managing your glucose levels with exercise. I prolonged it. Yeah. It was always going to happen. I was always going to get back into exercise. But I just made that process a bit longer. Yeah. So that's the fourth thing. I w- sorry, the third thing. I wish I would have ex- exercised sooner. And this is kind of big one for me, this fourth one, for me to open up and admit this. But the fourth thing is, if I was diagnosed all over again, what I wish I would have done is ask for help. Now, I'll be honest. I was appointed a DSN pretty much. It took me, I want to say, about six weeks from being diagnosed to actually seeing the first DSN and getting any help. And... I lost complete confidence in DSNs and endos because of what happened. Basically, I'd thrown myself into the deep end, learn how to carb count and all this sort of stuff about the condition. And she come around to my house and she tried telling me there was like 50 grams of carbs in a sandwich. She had these little eat well plates and these things and all the carb counts were on the back. And she was like, right, this is a sandwich, two slices of bread sandwich, 50 grams of carbs. I was like, no, there's not. There's about 30 grams. There's around 15 grams of carbs in a slice of bread, depending on the variety of the brand. But let's, we were going for argument's sake here. She's like, 50 grams of carbs. I was like, no, there's 30. She was like, there's 50 grams of carbs. I was like, I promise you, swear down, there is 30 grams of carbs around that in a sandwich. And she flips her thing over. She went, oh, yeah, it's 50 with the crisps. I was like, right. Another time that she come to my house, she reversed into my car. This was just, I know it sounds trivial, but this was just a build-up of me losing. This was just a build-up of me like losing any confidence that I had through asking for help. Because the specialist had come around and told me there was 50 grams of carbs in a sandwich. I said there was 30. We had a bit of a debate. Turns out I was right. When she come around, she reversed into my fucking car. So I did see her a few times after that. But hopefully that makes sense. Like I kind of lost any confidence that I had. And I sat there 
well, not, not sat there, but I didn't reach out and ask for, for help, except turning up to appointments and stuff when I had to go and get my A1C done and all that, because I wanted to know it. But I didn't really ask for help. I didn't reach out. And times I was struggling, I, I kind of went off my own back. Yes, I did a good job, and it gave me knowledge, but we all need that support. And I sat there trying to figure it out all by myself and was like, no, no. And another thing as well, and this was a big downfall of me at the time, and I'll be open and honest about this, because I started to have great control, I was like, I know it all, it's fine, I know it all, I, I, I don't need to reach out, I don't need help, I don't need support. And I'll be honest with you, when you get in that frame of mind, you've, you've already lost. There's always, always, always something you can learn from anything, not just being a type 1 diabetic. And I am learning from my clients as much as they learn from me. I sometimes come across situations that I've not come across before and we problem solve them together. So there's always, always, always things you can learn. As soon as you get into the frame of mind, like I know it's all like I was back then, within the first two or three years of being diagnosed, I thought, yeah, I pretty much know it all, control is good. Don't, I don't ever need to reach out and ask for help. As soon as you get in that mindset, you'll start to go backwards. And it starts to become, you feel very, very alone. So that's a big one I take from this. As soon as you start to think that you know it all, there's nothing else that you can learn, you'll start to go backwards. And like I say, I'm, I'm still learning today. And I'm sure you can agree with that as a type one. I'm learning from my clients. I'm learning from scenarios that I might not have encountered before that happened to me. Yeah, so we're always, always learning. And keep that frame of mind. Keep an open mind that every other type one you speak to, you can learn something from them. Guaranteed they may have been in the sort of situation or scenario that you've never been in and you can learn something from them, yeah? So they're the four things. I'm going to quickly recap over them. First one, the biggest one, I wish I would have taken the time to accept what had actually happened and the life-changing sort of condition that it was going to be. I didn't accept it. 12 months later, it come around, it kicked me in the arse when everything settled down a little bit and I hit my first bout of depression. So I wish I hadn't covered it up. Yeah, I'm grateful that I managed to throw myself in and understand about the condition and get great control, but I used that as a mask for not fully accepting it and I wish I would have. Second thing is I wish I would have talked to other type 1s, actually gone out of my way and put the effort in to find other type 1 diabetics and had a conversation with them because I didn't. And that left me like feeling very alone. Third one is exercise sooner. I wish I would have waited so long. I figured it out in the end, but I wish I wouldn't have waited so long Yeah, to start getting the benefits from exercise. And the fourth one is I, I wish I would have like asked for help and not got myself in this frame of mind. Like I know it all, I've got good control for the first like three or four years. This was like I say, I've got good control. I don't, I don't need to speak to any nurses. And I will add something from that. When it started to change for me and I started to build a bit of confidence with DSNs and endos is when I went on a pump. Now I went on a pump, this is about six years ago now. And I remember going to a, an appointment with my DSN at the time, or my endo, my DSN at the time. I'd only seen her a couple of times and she was really, really good really good and she was like look the area that we're in they're not that good with pumps giving people pumps so i'm going to refer you to where i'm at now which is a sheffield which they have their own dedicated sort of diabetes and endocrinology sort of center they're amazing she referred me to them so she was amazing and then the people that i see now i only see them once or twice a year but they're amazing as well they're really good dead sound get on with them we both learn things from each other, which is great. But that's when it changed for me about six years ago when I started to rebuild that confidence. And I know if there was any situation that I had, I could like message them or ring the hospital and stuff. So that I wish I wouldn't have waited on that for so long. Like it did change when I got referred for a pump, but I wish I wouldn't have waited. So I will recap. I wish I would have taken the time to accept it, talk to other type ones, exercise sooner, 
and actually reached out and asked for help and not thought I was failing or I was too good to get help. Team, that is it. If you got value from this episode, please leave me a rating and review on the podcast app. Like I say, my OCD is kicking in majorly. I'm not at five stars and I don't like it. So please do your boy a solid. Go and hit the five stars for me if you feel it's worth it. Also, give me a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at type one underscore Tom. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you got some value from this episode. I appreciate you. Hope you have a fucking great day. Until the next episode, peace. <laughs>